Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 16. We're continuing our series uh, through this book that I've just grown to love. And our theme is a time for wisdom. And as we head into the last quarter of 2021, and as we consider how many Proverbs deal with this topic, we're going to focus on a time for wisdom in our planning. Hopefully many of us are already thinking through plans for 2022 in areas like our devotions, our prayer lives, church engagement, generosity, but also things like what are your vocational plans for 2022? What are your recreational plans for 2022? What are your relational plans for 2022? Parental, grandparental, marital. There are all kinds of areas of life, and Proverbs makes it clear that in every area of life, God calls us to be planners. He is the consummate planner. God has planned the end from the beginning. We learned that, that even though the Romans were the ones that handed Jesus over to be crucified, they did it by God's predestined, predetermined plan. God is a planner. And as image bearers, he calls us to plan. Now, the fact is, by personality or temperament, some of us are better planners than others. Some people are great planners, and it's not really because they're godly. It's just because that's their temperament. And some people are poor planners, and it's not because they're ungodly. It's just because of their temperament. But regardless of our personalities, God calls us to excel in the area of planning. And Proverbs couldn't make it more clear. About 15 years ago, Laurie and I had the privilege of uh, traveling with some friends to Italy. And one of the stops was Florence. And in Florence, we saw uh, the massive statue of Michelangelo's David. You realize that thing is 17 feet tall. And there were a number of other sculptors in Italy at the time who passed over uh, the opportunity to work on that particular block of marble because it looked so difficult. But Michelangelo tackled it. Now, when he tackled it in 1501 to 1504, did he just start hammering away, just get a sledgehammer and knock at the top of it and say, okay, now, who does that sort of look like? Da Vinci, maybe? Christopher Columbus? No, he, he knew exactly what he was going to sculpt. And it took years of planning and acting. David didn't just pop out of there. We are to sculpt and carve similarly in every arena of life. God is sovereign, but we are also responsible. And God's sovereignty actually gives us confidence 
in our responsible planning. So let's all stand out of reverence for God's Word. I'm going to start in Proverbs 16, and then we're going to, of course, like we always do, because Proverbs is not a linear book, it's a topical book, uh, we're going to skip around. So Proverbs 16, verse 1. Actually, verse 1, 2, 3, 4, 9, and 33. So we've spent a pretty good amount of time reading Proverbs 16. This is God's Word. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Skip down to verse 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Verse 33. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Now go ahead and backtrack. Go back to Proverbs 11. Verse 14. Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 12, verse 5. The thoughts of the righteous are just. The counsels of the wicked are deceitful. Proverbs 12, verse 20. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. Go to Proverbs 14, verse 22. Do they not go astray who devise evil? Those who devise good meet steadfast love and faithfulness. Proverbs fifteen twenty two, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 19, verse 21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Proverbs 20, verse 18. Plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance, wage war. Proverbs 21, verse 5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Proverbs 24, verse 6. By wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. Proverbs 27, verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. See how many Proverbs deal with planning? May God bless the hearing and teaching of his inspired, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative word. This is God's word. He gave it to us because he loves us. He has plans for us, but part of his plans for us is us also engaging in planning as well. Let's pray. Father, lead us and guide us as we study Proverbs. Help us to be a people who take the time to plan wisely in every area of life. In Jesus' name, amen. So go ahead and have a seat. 
We're going to look at three elements of personal planning that are to guide us that flow out of Proverbs. First of all, plan responsibly. We are responsible agents. God's sovereignty is our encouragement. It's our hope. It's our springboard to planning confidently that he's in control. He will guide us, but we are to plan responsibly. Look at verse 21.5. It'll be put up here, or if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it real quick. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. When you think about all the arenas of life. Now, if, if those of us who are, uh, <clears throat> we, have, we have a vocation uh, outside the home in particular, uh, oftentimes plans are set for us. Uh, we've got vocational plans. Well, God is saying we ought to have those kinds of plans in every area of life. Uh, homemakers ought to have as many plans as people who work outside the home. We ought to have a financial plan every year. Uh, We ought to have relational plans. Uh, We need to be diligent. You know, it's been said, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And that's true of Christians. We are called to be diligent in our planning. We're to take time to think through consequences, intended consequences, unintended consequences. We're to take time to get into the details of what we're considering. We're to be very reflective as we plan. We should try to take time, maybe a planning weekend or a few days to plan as a family. Maybe couples, find someone, if you're, if you're married and have children, find someone to watch your kids and husbands and wives, get away and plan. We are called to plan responsibly. But look at the second part of verse 5 of chapter 21. Everyone who is hasty fails. You know, life for the Christian is not to be fire, ready, aim. It's to be ready by planning. Aim according to your plans and now fire and hit the target. In uh, Luke 14, Jesus talks about the king with 10,000 soldiers planning to go up against a stronger king with 20,000 soldiers. And he says, does not the king first sit down and calculate whether he can do that. Or someone that begins building a house, do they not sit down beforehand and consider, do they have enough to complete the house? That's how diligent and responsible we are to be with the various areas of life that we face. Another element of planning responsibly is not being only diligent, but to seek counsel. Look at Proverbs eleven fourteen, and there's there's tons of proverbs that I read that I'm not necessarily going to read again. But but Proverbs eleven fourteen is a good example, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors there is safety. We are called to community and collaboration when we make 
plans. Proverbs 20, verse 18. Plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance, wage war. We are never called to plan in isolation. If you're a Christian, you know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, you are never, ever called to plan in isolation. As a matter of fact, listen up. If you're a Christian, you're not called to do anything in isolation. There's no such thing as an isolated Christian from a biblical perspective. Now, if God puts you like the Apostle John uh, in exile on an abandoned island, well then, yeah, okay, God has a plan for that particular purpose. But other than that, there, there's no such thing as an isolated Christian. That's one of the reasons why COVID has been so terrible. You know, we've had little times where we've followed the government and what they're saying, but, but ultimately... Christians can't live in isolation. We're not meant to do that. And we're not meant to plan in isolation either. Okay, Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. In other words, in every area of life, whether you might break it down or other people might break it down into spiritual and non-spiritual Hopefully you've been at this church long enough to know we don't believe that. There is no spiritual and non-spiritual. It's all spiritual. But we're to bring every plan for every arena of life under the Lordship of Christ. That's where it begins. Planning begins by looking at an area, recreational, uh, physical, uh, emotional. Look at those areas. It begins with, okay, Lord, I begin with submitting my life afresh in this area to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness in all these areas. Now you're ready to start planning. You know, uh, probably the best example of this, planning responsibly in all of Scripture, is the book of Nehemiah. Love that book. Uh, Nehemiah was concerned for Israel. He was concerned for the city. It had been destroyed. And uh, he got a report that it was even worse than he thought. And he, he began planning in his own mind the initial uh, desires of his heart. And then he shared it with the king. Then he shared it with some Israelites. Then he made a plan to take a bunch of folks with him. Then he went with some people and inspected all the walls. He wanted to make sure he really understood the task at hand. Then he planned out, according to opportunities, who would work on what part of the wall. Then there was opposition, and he planned on how to deal with the opposition. Then when the city was repopulated, he had to plan how they were going to deal with, with community issues. The whole book is about planning responsibly. And I recommend it to you highly. Take time to plan responsibly. And by the way, it does take 
time. So you need to plan to take time to go plan. Think about that. It won't happen if you don't. Okay, secondly, not plan responsibly, plan humbly. Look at verse uh, 1 of chapter 16. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. In other words, as we plan, we still hold them loosely. Because our hearts can intend to do one thing, and then God shows up and says, no, I want you to do another thing. Perfect example of this. 2 Samuel 7. David goes to Nathan the prophet and says, I think the Lord has put it on my heart to build a temple, a house for his name. And initially, Nathan the prophet says, yeah, do all that's in your heart. And then God shows up that night to Nathan, not to David, and says to Nathan, no, David is not the God who built me a house. His son Solomon will, but not David. So then Nathan gets up and talks to David and says, no, you shall not build the house. Your son Solomon shall build the house. So David then flexes. And what David does is sets up his son Solomon for success. So David's plan switches from building a temple to make sure everything is set to build the temple. So we have intentions of the heart, but we need counsel Again, you'll, you'll hear this over and over today. We need counsel that God uses to refine our plans or even sometimes change them altogether. Proverbs 16, verse 33. The lot, we don't understand the lot, but think about the roll of the dice. Is there anything more random than the rolling of a dice? Well, we may roll the dice, but Proverbs 16.33 said it's every decision is from the Lord. Now, we do not take a verse like that and become fatalists. Uh, we do not take a verse like that and become hyper-Calvinists. We use a verse like that to give us comfort and confidence that as we plan, God is ultimately directing our steps. And if he wants to change the plan, he'll reveal that to us. We can rest and trust. So we plan humbly because God's sovereign. Secondly, we plan humbly because of our sin. Look at verse 2 of chapter 16. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. Solomon's telling us that we're all broken. We're all sinful. We're all finite. We're all fallen. And not one of us plans objectively. Not one of us. See, part of of being Presbyterian is that we take seriously the reality of human brokenness and sinfulness. So that should lead to great humility when we make our plans. They could be wrong. They could be off. Hence, another reason why we seek counsel. Many of us are much better at planning than one of us. And God has actually promised to use our communities as means of speaking His voice 
into our lives. I guarantee if I sit down with y'all, some of your worst decisions have been the result of you planning alone. Or you putting way too much trust in your own objectivity or your own insight. And you forgot to remember to take your sinfulness seriously. We are so often self-deceived. And it makes its way into our planning. We need each other. So plan humbly. Then thirdly, we plan humbly because we don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. Proverbs 27 verse 1, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. And James correctly interprets this as dealing with planning because in James 4 verse 13, James writes, Do not say tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and do such business there. We don't even know what our life will be like tomorrow. And so we are to plan humbly. I mean, how many of us could have taken into account the pandemic? None of us. And yet, some people made plans that were not flexible or were not uh, with abundance of counselors. And of course, listen, some people made great plans and things still went belly up. Well, again, God is sovereign. It doesn't mean always that we completely blew it in planning. We need to hold things loosely. So again, by wise guidance, Proverbs 24, 6, you wage your war. There are many, many verses. Students, children, let me have your ears for a second. I got you, students, children. You never, ever make plans without consulting your parents. That's just a truth all through Scripture. Never, ever make plans without consulting your parents. So plan humbly. Bring God and His Word into all of our planning. And that leads to the third point. Plan biblically. Now, I'm going to shatter, uh, sadly, some of one, well, one of our favorite verses that we love to quote, especially those who are visionaries. Uh, Proverbs 29, 18, the King James says, without a vision, the people perish. That's so sad. It doesn't mean that. <laughs> it doesn't mean that visionaries, you rally the troops. That's not even what the verse is dealing with. King James totally blew it there. What it means is where there's no prophetic vision, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In other words, when it comes to making decisions and planning wisely, all of our plans must be grounded and based in the Word of God. So after acknowledging the Lordship of Christ in every arena of life, the next thing we're called to do is read the scriptures, to know the scriptures, to memorize the scriptures. Because as we have God's word, the prophetic vision, the revelation of God in our minds, that is one of the most effective ways God enables us and empowers us to plan. For instance, I'm going to talk to the young people again. God clearly says a Christian must not marry a non-Christian. 
And yet I see people all the time where a Christian's planning on marrying a non-Christian. You're not planning biblically. Scripture couldn't be more clear. And again, if your parents are Christians and you go for the blessing of your parents and your parents say, no, I'm not blessing, that ought to really significantly impact you. Plan biblically. And not just marriage, but all kinds of arenas. Notice it says the parallelism there where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. They're undisciplined in their decision making, their planning. But blessed is he who keeps the law. So again, we see that, that God is clearly talking about basing your planning in Scripture. The prophetic vision, the law, they mean the same thing. The Word of God needs to be the foundation of all of our plans. Now, I'm going to bring this all down uh, to the bottom shelf. You've seen this diagram before. Uh, I've used it to sort of as a diagnostic as to how to see how your life is doing. So, so you see all these areas we've been talking about, spiritual, vocational, physical, emotional, recreational, relational, financial, organizational. Okay, And the yellow line, uh, that's the seventh dot. So biblical number of seven is perfection, right? So if, you're, if your life is perfectly balanced, you got a nice wheel, everything's plotted on the yellow line. Everything in the red means you're obsessed. It's, it's almost idolatrous. Well, no, not almost. It's idolatrous, okay? You're unbalanced, it's idolatrous. Seven is perfect. Red is idolatrous. Green from the center out to the yellow is growth needed. Green for growth, growth needed. Now, we usually use this as a diagnostic of how balanced is your life, but you can also use this for how balanced is your planning about your life. So put up the other wheel now. Okay, imagine riding on a wheel like that, okay? And this is so accurate with, it's all anecdotal, but my experience in counseling and discipling people, uh, vocation is usually way out there. Sadly, uh, vocation is often an obsession with people, uh, and a lot of times over money or advancement or whatever. Vocation is usually way out there. Physical, you know, we have a lot of... uh, Emphasis on that. So people do fairly good at planning physically, some better than others. Emotionally, we tend to be very poor at that. Uh, we tend to not focus on EQ, emotional intelligence, as much as we ought. Recreational, people are pretty good, except for maybe with children. Uh, sometimes children are running families' lives because parents are not planning that well, and they're putting their kids in everything. And I can promise you God doesn't want that. Okay, relational takes some planning. Financial, we're getting better at financial plans, but that involves generosity. So spiritual, your devotion, prayer life. I I hope, and what we'll do is we'll put this on the website. Y'all can uh, either download this, print this, and you'll be able to get an idea of what we're after. But the point is, God is a planner, and he calls us to bear his image in being planners. And we're to plan responsibly, we're to plan humbly, and we're to plan biblically. And of course, Jesus is the one who modeled this. 
Jesus was the Son of God, and he spent the entire night in prayer before he chose his 12 disciples, and he'd already spent a bunch of time with them, and the entire time he's thinking and planning. Sometimes I think we minimize Christ's humanity as uh, Bible-believing churches. He is God. He, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. He had to plan. He trusted God's sovereignty. He knew his divine nature could inform his human nature, but most of the time it didn't. And Jesus had to plan just like we do. So we need to keep running to Jesus, who is our model, who is our example, but also who is our wisdom that we might grow. And that's what we do today. We run to Jesus by coming to the table. This is an opportunity for us all to feed on Christ and, and today to apply it specifically to the area of planning. The night Christ was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then after supper, he took the cup. And he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for the remission of sins of many. Drink from it, all of you, and give thanks. Let me pray. God, thank you for this table. Thank you for these elements. We remember that they remain simply uh, the fruit of the vine uh, and bread. And yet, uh, by your spirit and through your grace, you nourish us with the life of Christ. You nourish us with the wisdom of Christ. And so, God, as we face uh, the, the joy of planning, especially this last quarter, as we look ahead, God, would you lead us and guide us and surround us with godly counsel and, and establish us in your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.